Sans Pants Radio, Australia's least coherent podcast network. And welcome to another episode of the podcast that is called Total Reboot. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos, and I simply <laughs> adore discussing cinema, film, DVDs, videos, and streaming culture with all of my funny friends. <laughs> Imagine that was the, the intro oh, that I wrote down at the end of the week. <laughs> Oh Me God. and my funny friends get together, and we love to laugh and talk about movies. Uh, one of my funny friends is Cameron James. <laughs> oh, hello. Thanks for having me on the oh, the worst show ever <laughs> from the sounds of that intro. <laughs> I, know I, haven't, I know I haven't been introduced yet, but I love, I've done this podcast a couple of times now, and you, the last time I think was a couple of years ago. Mm. And Cameron, you are still shocked at how terrifying <laughs> Lex is during those parts. It's because he just goes somewhere else. He goes. Yeah. He he just his eyes focus to the middle distance, and he goes to this place that none of us can see. It's this. I like to imagine he's staring directly down the barrel of a film projector, and yes, kind of going going blind, but yeah. also the the picture is being burnt into his corneas. I think so too. He goes to this magical land that smells like fresh popcorn and, <laughs> and torn cinema stubs. Yeah. And he talks about exclusively about DVDs mainly. So that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a DVD obsessive joined by two of Steel City Australia's most famous redheaded comedians today on the podcast. <laughs> Yes, of course, we are joined by Reese Nicholson. Thank you so much for joining us, Reese. Thanks, boys. Love it to, love it to be back in, in Total Reboot Land. Actually, did I do it? I think the last time I did it was when I still lived in Sydney, and mm. I think it was not Total Reboot yet. Yeah, it was I think it was check. the original one. Yeah, because yeah. we did... What did we watch? I think All we watched Cat in the Hat, maybe. Something. Oh, no, yeah, that would have been... Spy Who Shagged Me. It was Spy Who Shagged oh, Me. Oh, that's right. In right, my memory, an iconic moment in podcasting history was made on that day. <laughs> we we specifically chose you to do that episode, Reese, because you wear glasses and suits, and so does oh, Austin Powers. Yeah, there you go. And we're both very interested in um, the uh, production of Cum. So... <laughs> you are. You both love to ask people if they're horny. A lot of a lot of work. A lot of our work revolves around uh, borderline misogyny, and um, just dancing around that little line. And I'd imagine much my work will also not date very well. <laughs> oh come on! You're being too hard on Mike Myers. His work is <laughs> his work is timeless. <laughs> But we got you here today because we are doing uh, what we are calling Travolta Reboot, where we're talking about the reboots and remakes of John Travolta's career. He's one of my favorite yeah. actors of all time, and we could okay. not not do Hairspray. <laughs> we had to do Hairspray. So we're to- this is the tail end of our series on Travolta. We started with Grease and, Hairs- and High School Musical, and we're ending yeah. on another kind of nostalgic uh, musical, if you will. That features John Travolta in the remake of Hairspray. Reese, to kick things off, what are your feelings towards John Travolta? Um, I, uh, I guess you know, as a gay man, we have very strong links to each other. Um, the please explain. Well, so alleged <laughs> to quote al- my favorite politician. Allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> hey, us redheads got to stick together. Um, <laughs> 
I, I don't know. I think I think even when I, I used to watch Grease a lot when I was a kid, um, we, we had it on VHS, and my grandmother and <clears> I, um, like I lived with my grandmother for part of my life, and we, um, which has really uh, dictated a lot of my taste in uh, food. <laughs> at, like I loved corn meat, pickled onions, and women's suffrage. Mm. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> women's suffrage is a prune juice cocktail that you make, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has a Werther's original in it from memory. Like, you know, you, <laughs> know, the, the, you know, the prune juice cocktail ads, <laughs> that was kind of the first six years of my life. Um, just me and an old lady talking about prune juice. Um, where's the cranny, granny? <laughs> um, <laughs> But we used to watch Grease a lot and we would kind of gossip like about, because apparently, and at the time, like she would, always, we'd, every time we watched Grease, my, my grandma would always say, well, you know, apparently they were having a, a, like a love, they were both having an affair during this movie. Like we would talk about it as if wow. I wasn't six. And, um, mm. uh, and then, you know, as I've gotten older, uh, I think he's like, I think he's one of the tragic tales. <laughs> Of of Hollywood, like <laughs> he clearly has so many skills, but like, yeah, he's yeah. an incredible dancer. Like, if he had have stayed mm. in, um, like, uh, I don't know if he had have done Broadway or something, I feel like we would have very different opinions of him. But because he decided to go into, um, uh, bizarre films, like they start great and then they just get real fuck, like. You know the the goatee of swordfish. Like, there's just so many um, yeah. strange choices that I think that's what makes him. Tra- and then look, I mean, we won't go into it. It's too sad, but there's been some real tragedy in the last five years of his life. Yeah, and then yeah, you've got to yeah. still keep yeah. making movies. Um, but uh, I think I, I do. Uh, I think he's just adore. One thing that struck me about this is I realized, like, because almost hairspray is kind of a play like so apparently Greece the name Greece is a play on hair the musical they wanted to like kind of hair make a Greece. joke about that oh and then hairspray mm. is a play on Greece so there's kind of this weird like whoa like John Tra- I didn't know John that. Travolta to um hairspray and then when he came back into the reboot like the musical He's like done this weird, and he kind of dances like Danny Zuko in the in the two thousand and seven Hairspray. I actually oh, think I that's that. why I I love this original film, and I've never seen the remake, not yet, not until next week, because I think I'm a little bit afraid of the way John Travolta looks in that fat suit. Oh, as the fat lady, and you know he had a lot of um like input into that fat suit, like. <laughs> He mm. he was like, I want to. I was reading. I mean, yeah, this is not for this podcast, but I he was, I was reading the other like yesterday that he he wanted like, oh, I want the fat suit to look like a real fat person, and it's like you did not succeed. <laughs> the face is scary. The yeah. face kind of looks like Alf underneath that thing, <laughs> like the alien life form, not not, oh, Alf, not Stewart, not, not Alf Stewart. That's that's <laughs> yeah. interesting though, Reese, because we have been talking about. Um, I guess, you know, the progression of his career over the last month or so. And you just described him as a tragic figure. And I think in many mm. ways, I agree. He has yeah. so much talent. Yeah. He can do it all. He can sing, dance. His early dramatic work is so good in some of those early films. He was trying, you know, he was constantly he, welcoming Cotter back. He always welcomed back Cotter. <laughs> Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back. Every time he said it, it was it was had a new level of pathos yeah. to it. It was beautiful. <laughs> and then one day, Cotter didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> but he just lost something along the way, and we've been kind of watching it through these films. And I think what he lost is this sense of like play and joy to yeah. his work. I'm hoping, Alexi, you're nervous about Hairspray next week. I'm hoping that we get to see that back. I'm mm. hoping that by being in a musical and by playing such a crazy character, we're going to see like fun Travolta again. And disappearing into kind of makeup and into a, a much more like less movie star role than he usually does, I think will be interesting. Yeah, just like Face Off when they made him look exactly like <laughs> Nicolas Cage. I don't know how they did that. It's amazing yeah. what they did with that. It's really amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I just love the power of cinema. 
Oh, don't get Alexi started again. <laughs> okay, seems like a little bit of my spark has rubbed off on the boys today. <laughs> but we are here today to talk about the original Hairspray, which I had never seen until this very morning. The morning that we are recording. <laughs> I also was watching the, the end of it this morning. <laughs> like, kind of panicked. Like, when you realise, like, yesterday I started watching it and I was kind of doing other things. And then when you do these types of podcasts and you're like, oh, I can't, this is going to be really fun to do that. You start watching the movie and start watching the movie and then, yeah, you realise, like, oh, fuck, I have 20 minutes to watch an hour of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Sometimes I just don't. Sometimes I just skip ahead to <laughs> to the key scenes. <laughs> Cameron, back in the day, had to review the movie Two Guns for a street press. Yes, and uh, I chose not to watch the movie, so I was... <laughs> I was paid money to review the film Two Guns. I decided not to watch the movie, but I decided that I would give the film two stars just so I could end the review with two guns, more like two stars. (laughs) And then I saw it a little while later and I was like, it's probably a three and a half star movie. It's all right. And the other, I remember the another detail you told me I, in your review. You were like, "Yeah, it's got a pretty mediocre car chase in it." And you watch the movie. There's no car chase in it. <laughs> <laughs> you just made the guess that there would be one, and it would be shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, look, I'm not the best. Before we started recording about a dumb podcast that I started doing about Marvel movies, and it's me and my friend. Georgia and Kyron, and we were doing one the other day. I think it might have been. Th- I really, honestly, Reese, I thought you were about to say me and my friend Kyron. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my parents might listen to this podcast and they don't know yet. So just. <laughs> sure, they're at our engagement party, but, you know, they're pretty dumb. My parents are pretty dumb. Um, <laughs> they thought you were both getting engaged to other people. Yeah. Yeah, we just we just sat women next to us during the. Like, oh. <laughs> Um, but we were watching, we, we were like talking about one of the Thor movies and it wasn't until, oh no, it was, no, it was the first Avengers movie. And it wasn't until halfway through an hour long (laughs) recording that Georgia kind of told us that she had half an hour left in the movie. And we were like talking about the ending and she'd kept it up for a good half an hour, 40 minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really get this movie. I love it. And then she just had to admit, look, look, I know that wasn't a great story and I want you to know that I know that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know that's actually speaking very much to me because i've done that a million times um not on this podcast though i'm always very professional on total reboot gold <laughs> yeah hairspray should we dive in <laughs> Starring Sonny Bono, Ruth Brown, Devine, Michael St. Gerard, Debbie Harry, Ricky Lake, Jerry Stiller, and Sean Thompson. The new comedy from John Waters. It's way beyond Greece. Hairspray. Hairspray from 1988, the year that I was born, but not the year that I was conceived. I was conceived (laughs) in 1987. My parents made love around halfway through that year, and it was a success, huge success. A sperm penetrated the ovum. And began to gestate <laughs> inside my mother's beautiful womb. <laughs> <laughs> and then mo- nine months later, a funny little fellow wriggled out. But he died, unfortunately, and then Cameron was born. <laughs> uh, I crawled in from the streets and, um, 
from me. Cameron, as we are now fully aware, is a mystical changeling. He did steal the baby away from his parents yeah. and then replace it with himself in the yes. crib. Yeah. But I, I've actually come to really like my human counterparts. I enjoy them. I enjoy being a human. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about movies and about love and lovemaking as well. Oh, I, I, I heard you were a failed termination. That's what I heard. <laughs> And hey, speaking kind of... of failed terminations, check out the film <laughs> Red Christmas, directed by Craig Anderson, oh, available yeah. for streaming now on something. Is it streaming <laughs> on anywhere? I think he just put it on VHS, didn't he, and just put it back up on the shelf. <laughs> Exclusive to VHS. Hairspray, 1988, directed by John Waters. The world was in a mess, but their hair was perfect. That's the tagline. Was it really? That's not... Well, it's a tagline on Letterboxd. I don't know if it's the official tagline, but um, what do you think of that tagline? Oh, I think maybe we they could have a second swing at it. Is it too late? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what the original one was. I saw it was different on the poster. It referenced JFK. I don't know if it was about the assassination, but... <laughs> On the on the Blu-ray, which I have within my hands right now, the tagline is a comedy by John Waters. Hey, <laughs> well, that's true. After and true. answered. Yeah, oh, damn, I can't find a high enough res <laughs> picture. Oh, here we go. The original, the original poster is 1962. JFK was in the White House. John Glenn was in orbit. Cadillacs had fins. Beehives were in. And girls really knew how to tease. Hey, I, I see another one here that know. says "get That's... get get back to your roots," which I think isn't too okay. bad. Okay, I don't mind that. <clears throat> I like that one better, actually. I think that one's the best one. Anyway, let's find out what this movie's about. Pleasantly plump teenager Tracy Turnblad achieves her dream of becoming a regular on the Corny Collins dance show. Now a teen hero, she starts using her fame to speak out for the causes she believes in. Most of all integration in doing so she earns the wrath of the show's former star amber von tussel as well as amber's manipulative pro-segregation parents the rivalry comes to a head as amber and tracy vie for the title of miss auto show 1963 so there you go that's what this movie is technically about (laughs) (laughs) great well it was really good to be with you guys today and um, i think we really covered it Thank you for joining us, Reese. <laughs> um, I mean, I have so many. I don't know where to start with this. I think, like, this is his first PG movie, which I find funny because there is still mm. so much stuff in this movie. Like, you know, there's no one eating shit or making their asshole talk, but <laughs> like, you know, it's a pretty low bar. Like, there's still so much. Um, some of the stuff that the actors say in this movie are like so racially charged and like um which i guess is like of the time as well but it i think it even just by his style it's it actually looks like it was shot in the late 60s early 70s but it is 1988 mm. like there are huge action movies made i actually love the way it looks i love how um i think it looks the fact that it looks period appropriate is makes it even cooler for me it sort of feels like it doesn't exist in any time well, because there's other movies being made in the 80s that are set in the 50s and 60s, obviously, like Back to the Future, Peggy Sue Got Married. There's plenty of other ones. But this one does actually look like the fucking 60s. It doesn't look like a cartoon version of the 60s. It looks like shitty Baltimore. It pro- Baltimore probably just hadn't changed. Oh, and I still, by, by the way that, because I watched this movie with the commentary on, and it, the way that John Waters talks about... Like, he does that thing... Probably the way that, uh, Cam, you and I talk about Newcastle. There's a lot of love there, but mm. it's also like, oh, no, that place needs to burn down. But, hey, if you say a fucking <laughs> word about my town, I'll kill you. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's so many, like... It's one of those movies, and I feel like all John Waters movies are like this. It is just packed... Like, it's up to pussy's bow with just weird facts about it. Like, just strange... Mm. My favourite thing about this movie is um, the actress who plays Amber, the villain. Take a swing. Do you know who this is? Well, I Googled it, so I do know. I only found out on this viewing, and it blew my mind. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Tell our audience, Reese. 
Well, her real name is Colleen Ann Fitzpatrick. Now, who... Yeah. I mean, we don't know who anyone called Colleen. Who the fuck Colleen. is that? I think they packed all the <laughs> Colleens into Summer Bay a few years ago and shot them. <laughs> who is this Irish broad? Colleen Fitzpatrick? <laughs> Or, Unbelievable. Yeah, how can we hip up Colleen for a new generation and make it a cooler sounding Yeah, name? what's the what's the most cool street hip version of saying Colleen, I reckon? Well, you know, it's something that you can also find in oranges. Uh in mm. in the in the late nineties, early two thousands, I don't even know when that song came out, she became mm. vitamin C. Fucking vitamin C. As we go on, we remember we will always be friends together. Any of us who had a year six farewell will know that song very well. I couldn't fucking believe that. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting obsessed with the rest of the cast of this movie. Josh oh. Charles is in there. Yeah. Yeah. And he looks I exactly the Charles. same. He looks yeah, yeah. like <laughs> terrifying. Hasn't aged at all. You've got um, Sonny Bono. Yeah. Who I was just the other day, mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck ever happened to Sonny Bono? Died in a skiing accident. <laughs> and then uh, turns out, yeah, not not... Not great. He didn't have a great life. <laughs> I would say some tragedies happened to Sonny Bono, unfortunately. As a, but... as a general rule, if ever you have to say whatever happened to that person from show business, without a mm. doubt it is a tragic end. And it's almost a certainty that there was a skiing accident involved, so Sonny Bono does fit the bill. Yeah. He does fit the bill. Also, Ricky Lake, who I only knew from her talk show in the yeah. late 90s. Yeah. The Ricky Lake her, show. This was her first thing. She was still in uni. She was 18. Mm. She turned 18 on the set, oh. apparently. Um, oh, my God. So, I didn't even <laughs> know she was an actor. This is crazy. I just was uh, like, why Why did we, they get uh, the talk show star in this movie? After viewing this film, <laughs> would you still say that she's an actor? Would you she's call her Ricky charm? A... Yeah. She's got a certain okay. charm about her. She, I mean, she's no Nikki Blonsky, but she's she's got <laughs> a charm. Ni- poor Nikki Blonsky. <laughs> <laughs> There's a skiing accident just down the line waiting to happen there. <laughs> but the cast is crazy. Like we have like Debbie Harry, Jerry Stiller. Um yeah. that's it. But it, that's still awesome. <laughs> oh, Divine, of course. Divine's last role. Oh yeah. She got into a skiing accident <laughs> after this, right? Her, her heart got into a <laughs> fried chicken accident, I think is what that's how I want to go out, dude. Yeah, a very violent heart attack alone in a hotel room. Yeah, that, that's a good way to go. <laughs> yeah, but you get that chicken, that fried chicken. <laughs> this feels like the conversation one might have in a John Waters movie. A movie filled with grotesque people ready to die at any moment. Yeah. But he, uh, I think the thing that I love the most about John Waters is like his films do have all of that, like kind of like grotesqueness or, yeah. uh, but it's a real celebration of like, of people like that, of people that feel like they are outsiders. I remember the first time I saw Polyester, which I think was like the kind of like gateway John Waters film. It's for a me. perfect one. It's a perfect fit. If you if you've never watched a John Waters movie, start with Polyester, and you kind of don't absolutely. If, you don't have to go back more. Like I've I've watched Desperate Living and a few of the other ones, and it's great if you're like want that thing. But you can kind of move forward mm. from Polyester and get everything you need to get from it I think I think that's a good point I think it's a really like easy accessible one because also it's like it's filled with so much that he cares about like it's filled with his love of like screen history and like camp cinema like it's so built in melodrama that move Edith Massey and that's the thing Edith Massey was what I fell in love with John Waters because Edith Massey in that movie plays this socialite (laughs) like this woman who becomes a socialite and the whole there's like this whole B subplot of this movie like self Celebrating this woman and like really finding her beauty, whereas physically, I don't know how else to say it. She's one of the <laughs> ugliest people that's yeah. ever been put on a film physically. But he doesn't see that, and he just celebrates her as like this beauty, as this like he finds this beauty in her and celebrates it. And it made me fucking cry watching Polyester like in this cinema with like the scratch and oh, Smith yeah. sniff smell vision cards. And I was just like, this is like hmm. it moved me so much that he was like. To just kind of, like, understand him as an artist, I just, like, I, I really fell for him. And since then, I've been, like, on a John Waters, like, love spree. I th- I think he's... Same, polyester and also, yeah, Into Hairspray also have that... Um, I don't know, there's, like, a... It's, like, John Waters, similar to David Lynch, have this, like, unplaceable mm. 
kind of un you can't really word what it is, but you know it like oh this is a jo- there's like a jo- there's a John Waters tone that no one else really has. Yes. Like and it's dipped in kind of irony and like um none of the actors are good. <laughs> like no one no one is <laughs> but it but it's still so watchable somehow. Like there's like a taste to it. It's like good taste. Like the and I feel like everything that he does. The comparison that you made to David Lynch is really apt, I think, because there's like this kind of like this idea that for both of them that there is like this this other world. There's something beneath suburbia. There's yeah. another mm. world underneath mm. suburbia. And they just find a different way to celebrate it. But also both of them like do it with humor in yeah. a way that's like like you said, so dripping with irony, but there's also like a sincerity to it all. And there's a movie I rewatched recently, Wild at Heart by David Lynch, where I'm just like, oh, that is the meeting point for both of them. Yeah. Like, that could be... that You could put either director's name on that and you would just believe whatever that movie is. (laughs) 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 And I I love what you said, like, the acting is bad. I was watching this last night and just said that, like, you could do anything in a John Waters movie. You could turn out whatever performance yeah. you want. You could not learn... Like, you could have someone like Divine who is so real in, like, every moment and so, like, yeah. believes everything that they're doing and in, is heightened in this, like, really funny camp way. But then you could just, like, have some schmohog that, like didn't learn the lines at all and just as like mm. trying to remember them in the moment and it would absolutely work like you would never question it I, it almost feels like I always feel like when I'm watching a John Waters movies uh, John Waters movie it's like it's local theater like it feels like mm. you're like driving through a wow. small town and you see that they're doing a production of um, mm. I don't know like some little shop of horrors or something yeah like that. yeah mm. exactly mm. that like it's that kind mm. of yeah. um and the sets are kind of shitty and falling <laughs> apart. Like female trouble as well. That's another good, a good one to watch is female trouble. Mm, like it's, and absolutely. I don't know. It's so. Um, this is kind of the last. Like um, Divine hadn't worked with John Waters for quite a few years. Like Divine had kind of gone off and done a lot of theatre, and they didn't. I don't know if they had a falling out, but they kind of like this was their kind of. They came back together and everyone was kind of excited. And it was the first movie he'd ever had that went big and did quite well mm. and they like it actually was in proper cinemas um and then yeah like two weeks later divine dies and it's also this i was hmm. g- talking to my partner kyron about this yesterday we we're going for a walk and about how divine had just gotten a role on uh married with children as the first openly gay character in, in like a major sitcom hmm. and how like and but then died and then didn't my voice is changing i'm not tearing up um, no, I'm getting emotional. And yeah, really, imagine, imagine really if I was moving. like, "Wow, Reese really lost his fucking mind." On no, um, but the uh... Reese really loved Married with Children. It really upset him that he didn't get his dream. Huge episode. Bundy fan. But yeah, apparently, like, um, I th- I think Divine was playing like the uncle or something, and it was going to be like, and just the political ramifications of that is quite interesting to me as well. Like the politi- political ramifications of Divine generally, because like hmm. he never said hmm. he was a drag queen. Like, he hated the term drag queen. He always thought of himself mm. as a character actor. And there's the... Hairspray is the yeah. first movie you see him... Oh, no, in Female Trouble. <laughs> so, anyone who hasn't seen a John Waters movie, here's an insight. In the in yeah. the movie Female Trouble, he rapes himself. Like, he plays both <laughs> the characters. Like, he plays... Fucking hell. Yeah. Anyways. But, oh um, my God. but in this movie, yeah, he plays, like, both the mother and the... Um, and he it, apparently he wanted to play. He didn't like Ricky Lake at first because he wanted to play both characters. Tracy and John Waters was oh like, um, "You are forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work." But he also plays the TV producer as well, or the network, yeah. the TV the, network uh, guy who's like a big fucking idiot, big racist, grotesque. It really is like a Sir Les Patterson character. Yeah. yeah they yeah. got like fake teeth and stuff. And you can kind of see, as I listen to the commentary of this, you can, John Waters is like talking, it's the first time he ever had budget, I think. And you can see him just kind of mm. lose his fucking mind about it. Like the little tiny car that they make the woman get in, they get vitamin C <laughs> he has to get in at the end. He was like saying like, that was really expensive. Anyways. I hadn't, I am very not uh, experienced in John Waters, really. I always thought I was. I'm like, yeah, I know John Waters stuff. And then I just looked through the filmography 
And I've only seen pink flamingos because that's the one that you're supposed to see when you're like first learning about film and crazy fucking crazy art movies. I haven't seen Um, it. I haven't seen it. Oh, really? Right. I don't know how. I haven't. I just haven't. And I was thinking about this just yesterday. I was like, fuck, I need to see that if I... Here is another bombshell. I have also never seen pink flamingos. Jeez Louise. Don't like shit eating, and that's yeah. what I've heard is in that movie. It's, it's like one. It. It's the very end of the movie. There's, <laughs> there's other stuff that happens in it that's also fucked up. Um, I think there's incest in it, and um, yeah, someone fucks a chicken or something like that from memory. It's been a long time, but um, that's all okay for me. It's the shit eating. I'm not into. Yeah, it. yeah, it's the shit eating. Um, I've seen Crybaby. I remember Crybaby being Crybaby's great. Uh, like. I feel like that was the big the big attempt at a breakout, right? Getting Johnny Depp yeah. in there um, after Hairspray. And what else have I seen? A Dirty Shame, which I did, I thought Oh, so. my God. Yeah. yeah. And I, I saw God. that because um, because Johnny Knoxville was in it. And uh, I mean, that's, yeah, that's terrible good. news. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's great. It's not great. News. There's such a weird... Um, and I think he almost knew that was... Because he's kind of said he doesn't want to make movies anymore. Like, he doesn't mm. really... He writes books and stuff, and I think that was his last movie. And he, you can kind of, when you watch a Dirty Shame, know that he knows that. I think because mm. it's really guns blazing, like <laughs> it's a real piece of shit movie. But like, he has a, a lot of original Dreamlanders, like his crew of actors, like Mink Stoll and stuff. They're all he brings them all, any living one, he brings them all back, as if to say, like, we're we're going, guys. <laughs> this Bye, <is> guys. <laughs> We got the guy from Jackass in this one, so yeah. this is clearly the end. But I think that's so him as well. It's like stunt casting. Like that's he loves whenever he talks about his films and like what his influences growing up. They were always those kind of like William Castle. Yes, William Castle, who would make stuff like The Tingler, and uh, he had Smellovision as well. His films were all based on mm. that gimmick of like an ex- theatrical, experiential. Uh, something to come and experience early in the cinema. Yeah, like, and imagine, where else are you going to see, I mean, we're just talking about A Dirty Shame now, but where else are you going to see Tracy Ullman and Johnny Knoxville in the same movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. That's good well, but, but seeing as I didn't really know too much of his stuff apart from those flicks, I kind of thought I had a handle on what John Waters was, but this movie really yeah. surprised me. It was so... Much pure. more wholesome and pure than what yeah. I f- was expecting. I was expecting shock and some kind of grimy, grubby shit. Maybe someone eats a dog turd. But um, <laughs> but this was like really lovely the whole way through. Even the the racist people in this movie who are pretty vile. One of them's played by fucking Sonny Bono, and you're like, yeah. And uh, and you're like, yeah, cool. I can't wait to see these racist people fucking get their due. It's a terrible way to phrase that, by the way. <laughs> well, I yeah, I, racist I, people to get just, their due. Let's just take a moment to acknowledge that I spelt it D U E, D U E. Get their due. And if you are thinking of any other word there that sounds similar, that's on you. Something, you're the racist. That's on you, and you'll get your due. <laughs> And I, I'd like to make it clear, um, I spelt that D-E-W. Like yeah, your mountain you might dude. find You'll get your mountain on a cold dude. morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we're, we're all on the same page here. This is just for the people at home who might not understand the spelling that we are using. <laughs> and, when you said, and when you said mountain dew, you did spell that Yeah, J- I spelled that J-E-W, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. spelled that J-E-W. Yeah. A, small, yeah, a yeah. small community of very lovely Jewish people that live up in the mountains. <laughs> beautiful people. Beautiful people up there on the mountains. Gorgeous. A lot of caffeine in them. <laughs> Anyway. Well, one of the Mountain Jews <laughs> I love most in this movie is Mr. Jerry Stiller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I love Jerry Stiller. I think that... I, I didn't know that he was in this movie. I didn't remember him in it. But we just talked about Jerry Stiller on a previous episode of this of Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. And I couldn't believe that he, to- he turned up within like an episode later. And I think oh, that yeah. he so is... 
almost like the John Waters surrogate in this movie because his character is like so full of like this mischievous love, but like this very sincere love for his like big fat wife and his big fat daughter. And he just yeah. wants to see them succeed and he loves them so much. It just like, I think that is so much of like the energy that John Waters like brings to his films that make them connect on like these really deep levels with people because they do have that, this wholesomeness with like a very dirty sense of humor well apparently jerry stiller is a um uh what's it called uh where the actor like becomes the person like a well like a method actor um, yeah he's apparently he's a method actor and so divine was really freaked out like just think just let's hold let's marinate in that for a sec that jerry stiller (laughs) was a method actor wow yeah what's his Um, method just putting on a (laughs) A tight shirt and yelling. Loud yeah. sometimes and quiet sometimes. Loud sometimes, <laughs> quiet sometimes. <laughs> Acting. Um, but he it meant that like it really freaked Divine out apparently during the filming of this because like they'd be in shooting breaks, like doing setups, and he'd like have his hand on Divine's knee and stuff, like acting as if Divine was his wow. wife in real life. Like going from eating shit to Jerry Stiller touching your leg. <laughs> Like that's a that's a career within a handful of years. We we will never have a star again that has gone from eating shit on film to playing a gay uncle in a Fox sitcom. You know what I mean? Like no at no point will we ever. The internet has really oh. ruined that. God, that's crazy. Unless it's a TikTok star, you know, <laughs> that's going to be the new TikTok thing. Is the shit eating yeah, challenge? I guess, I... The pink flamingo challenge. <laughs> And it's like raising money for multiple sclerosis or something. <laughs> uh, I think as well, it's so funny to hear that Jerry Stiller is like a method actor because I've never heard that before. Like whenever it's someone going method, it's like, oh, I'm playing this asshole from like the 1800s who's going to die of hypothermia. I'm going to treat everyone like shit yeah. and send them like dead rats and stuff. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm playing a nice guy, so I'm just going to be even nicer and sweeter to this, like, fat gay guy. And and just, like, tell him that I love him on set. And also, um, playing a... Like, doing method for a guy that has, I want to say, 15 minutes of screen time in the whole movie and maybe four Mm. lines. And most Mm. of them are like, Tracy! Like, that's the extent of his... (laughs) Oh, man, I love him in this movie. I love them all. I really was... What you just said before about it being like a, a wholesome film with a dirty sense of humor, that fucking, that is right up yeah. my alley. That appeals to me that's so what you much. Are. The idea of like being wholesome, but fucking filthy. That's what yeah. I love. It's it's just like, it's nice and sweet. It makes you feel good. But then there's... You love your wife, but you say pussy a lot. <laughs> yeah, shit like that. That's the stuff I like. And I was, I'm so surprised at what I got with this movie. I'm really... Happy and almost immediately it starts with that fucking mashed potato song. By the way, there's two 60s girl group songs in a row that have mashed potato as the lyric in this. Um, they were big on starch then, yeah. That was a mm. big thing apparently back then to like write songs about mashed potatoes and gravy. But the whole like the soundtrack was so cute and fun and it made me want to dance in my living room <laughs> and then it made me listen to the soundtrack later. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to just put on the Spotify playlist of this movie. That was awesome music. And uh, I loved how Tracy is like, I when you, the movie starts, my first instinct is, okay, she's a bigger girl. This whole movie is going to be about people making fun of her for being bigger and her having to overcome that. But like only two people say that she's fat yeah. in this movie. And then she doesn't even really seem to care. She like brushes it off and stuff. She still knows she's shit hot dancer. She knows she's charismatic. I thought it was apparently awesome. she started losing a lot of weight during the filming because of all the dancers. So they had to, like, um, Pat Moran, the casting agent, was like giving her chocolate bars in between each filming. <laughs> like when they'd be setting up another shot, they'd just like give her <laughs> cake and shit to like keep keep her fat. That is the dream gig. Stay fat. I would love that gig to put on weight for a role. Like, to do the Robert De Niro thing where you're like, oh, I had to put on fucking 40 kilos for this role. I reckon this is yeah. a dream. Yeah. I've been doing that in lockdown. That's me. <laughs> I'm playing the role of someone in lockdown. Man, she was... I don't know if I agree with you, Reese. I think Ricky Lake was... I think I liked her in this. Yeah. I mean, it's her first thing. And then apparently, like, she kind of... She talks about John as if she's, like... He's her older brother. Like, he was so... um 
Like, he's, I think she was in three or four other movies. Like, she's in Cry Baby. She's in Serial Mum. Mm. She's in something else. She's probably in A Dirty Shame. She probably pulls something out of her asshole or something in A Dirty Shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also just, like, the... You know, I I think he like taught like taught her about the industry. Maybe like apparently mm. he gave her so much good advice, and then you know she went and made a talk show. So good on her. But I think um, she is in yeah. A I think he... by the way, yeah, she is. Oh, she is. Yeah. <laughs> Does it mention her asshole? It just says she plays herself, so probably not. Oh, right. Oh, God, okay. I really hope John Waters directs Jackass Four. <laughs> I think it would. Be that perfect. would be fucking awesome. They're like a match made in heaven. Those two. That would be a great combo. They, they, he makes them eat any of the dead members. <laughs> <laughs> you got to snort the vine's ashes. <laughs> it's fucking crazy that she had a talk show and she was like 24 when it was on the air. How do you go from being a John Waters dreamlander? To uh, like yeah. a talk show on fucking national syndicated talk show. I don't understand. I find the whole Dreamlanders thing so fascinating. Like, mm. so one of his, if you look at the, like, Mary and Vivian Pierce, who is one of his, like, was one of the original Dreamlanders, she's in this movie for like a split second. Like, she's just kind of in the background. Yeah. Um, And like how there's this weird, like, he's, created his own star system it seems like like it's it's mm. almost like warhol as well where he kind of like you're gonna be my star now and then he just throws you to the side and is like i've decided it's ricky lake now sorry and like it seems like he might have done that to divine for a while like he created this world where he was like i can never tell when i read or watch something about john waters whether he's really lovely mm. or a fucking monster <laughs> like do you know what i mean like the yeah. like i love the work that he makes but he also seems like he's kind of been quite awful to people over the years and like kept people fueled on drugs and like <laughs> you know and then kind of and then you have a walk-on role uh, like mink stole seems to be the only one that she's in hairspray she's the one that kind of is looking after the floor of the, yeah. on the dance show the stage mm. manager she's been in like she's like been in all of his movies oh yeah that's the professional term <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since show business has existed so we're <laughs> yeah. forgetting, forgetting these terms <sighs> but but yeah I just find it fascinating the kind of even in the commentary he said this thing that just um, near the end he said you know and this was Ricky's first movie and well she ran with it and it kind <laughs> of is just the way that he worded it was like Ooh, mm. like, do you do you think that's a good thing or do you think that's a bad like? And she had said in the commentary as well. Oh, John, they'd feel, they must have recorded them separately. He he must have he couldn't believe she had a talk show. Like she said that like three times. She's like he just couldn't believe I had a talk show. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I can't ooh. believe it. After seeing this, I don't understand yeah. how you make that leap from being in like a what's the trajectory? Low budget, yeah, like a low budget art house director's film to a talk show. I don't understand it. What is it? What is the thing? Like, maybe let's. It's try taken and look at her. Drew Barrymore until now to get a talk show. Yeah, and the reviews are in. <laughs> um, and they're glowing. <laughs> Congratulations, Drew. We're so excited for your new show. I love that actors do this now. I want more actors like John Krasinski and stuff to just go out there and make their fun little talk shows on the internet. You're obsessed with John Krasinski. John Krasinski is one of my heroes. He's one of the coolest guys in Hollywood. He has the he has the energy to me of like um, someone who was maybe ugly in high school. Like he's so fucking hot now, but he's got like the self esteem of a real fucker. And I reckon he'd he'd let me do some real dark shit to him. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. the Pink Flamingos challenge. You could do whatever you wanted to John Krasinski, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll do such bad stuff that they start calling it the John Krasinski challenge. <laughs> what is... I'm trying to find the jump that Ricky Lake makes. Like Me too. I was just looking at a... The- um, at her filmography and stuff, it just doesn't seem like there is one. It doesn't make sense. It's just all of a sudden she's doesn't on a make... fucking talk show. <laughs> doesn't make any I sense. I can't wrap my head around I it. I think because it was the 90s, it was that era of, um, you know, the whole story about how Fran, how Fran Drescher got the nanny was she met a guy on a plane and he was like, I need to make a show about you. Like, mm. I think what it sounds fuck? like a producer was just like, you know, Ricky's really great. And then they had so much fucking money and coke that they just 
filmed a spe- filmed a pilot. Yeah. And that's how Ricky Lake happened. Do you know what I mean? If you, I think it's like it was a golden era of television where people could just take a chance, and also talk shows were huge. Daytime TV was starting mm-hmm. to take off, so you could just go, yeah, 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 we'll give you a fucking daytime show, and if it doesn't work, who cares? But if it does, good, because this is like like Ellen, Rosie O'Donnell, Oprah, Ricky mm. Lake. Jerry Springer. What else is there? There's nothing else on during the day. Judge Judy. <laughs> Give Ricky Lake a show. Why the fuck not? I, God. Give the chick from uh, John Waters movies a show. Give Ricky Lake a show and give Judge Judy a John Waters movie. That's what I want. Those two things. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Judy and Jerry Springer in a John Waters movie? My God. Oh, my God. John Waters is at a point now where he doesn't even seem to produce... Like, he wrote that book a, couple, a few years ago, the Karthik book, but he seems to be a... Prof- any documentary that comes out now, mm. something like a HBO or like a Showtime documentary that's vaguely skewed towards either cinema or being queer, they just have John Waters there. Like, I think they, they just know that they can just wind him up at the back and he'll just <laughs> say... Like, he's, de- he's one of those deeply quotable people that I don't think we have. Like, there's an era mm. of... It's like the kind of... It's the the trickle down effect of Gore Vidal, mm. <laughs> of people that were kind of, kind of like professional talk show people. Yeah, like an Amy <laughs> Amy Sedaris is kind of yeah. one as well. Mm-hmm. Like these people that used used put on like they're not promoting anything. I'm like obsessed John Waters with that used to go on the... Letterman all the time. I love that era of like seventies yeah. Hollywood when. Uh... And there's so many clips on YouTube you can watch of like old Johnny Carson shows. Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett, Cavett the... where they'd get yeah. Orson Welles out and he'd just tell a story. And he's not there to promote anything. He'd just be like, I was having dinner one no. evening with uh, Dean Martin and um, then sitting <laughs> President John F. Kennedy. And then he'll just tell a story. It goes for 10 minutes about some celebrity encounter. And then they're like, thank you very much, Orson. And that's it. That's what he's yeah. there to do. Yeah. <laughs> no punchline, by the way. Like, no punchline. Just him yeah. wandering off. It's amazing. It's such a, an era point. that doesn't exist anymore. And I wish it happened. Like, mm. there's, no. so, there's so many stars, like your John Krasinski's, you know, who could get out there <laughs> and just let their natural charisma fly. But it doesn't happen. Oh, I yeah. would love to hear John Krasinski just on Conan, just be like, yeah, so I was hanging out with BJ Novak and um, Stanley Tucci the other day, and boy, did we have a lot of fun eating some shrimp at my house. We were talking around, sharing some Hollywood stories, and just really, we had a lot of fun. I would love to hear Krasinski unleashed. <laughs> Krasinski unplugged. Krasinski unplugged. Just let him go. Let the man talk for an hour. I'll yeah. listen. I reckon he would. He'd say some. He'd say some weird shit. <laughs> You're in love with him too, Reese. Oh my god. He's so. Yep. <laughs> no, I got nothing else. I got nothing else. <laughs> I gotta say as well, like, and who, whoever you have on for the next episode to talk about, like the because the the hairspray, the 2007 one, it was very important <laughs> to me, like as a movie, but not not because of. Like it was, I mean, it is a, it is a very good movie. I really love the movie, but like everyone's so hot in it. And I was 16 when it came out, 16 or 17. Oh, and it was right, like, right. I went, I saw it at Greater Union, uh, oh. uh, on King, King Street. Is it King Street? In town, in town. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. In town. I still say How in deeply town, Newcastle like is there. that? <laughs> I, like we still live there. Yeah. We're going to town tonight. Here's a, yeah. The, I always say the first Six months that I lived in Sydney after I moved from Newcastle. Because in Newcastle, you would say, are you going in town on the weekend? Which means, are you going yeah. to one of the four nightclubs that we have? There's that are like just four bars pubs that, that have a... <laughs> yeah. Four pubs that have a black light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and first six months I've been living in Sydney, it's like, hey, are we going in town on the weekend? It's like, what? What like you realize just how much of a fucking hick you sound like. It's just like, yeah. we, go, we go into the city on the weekends. Yeah, I know. I've it's still I still it trickles out every now and then. I still say, "Oh yeah, I'm going into town. I've got to go. I've got to go into town to get something." Yeah. Like what the fuck is town? I just mean the shops nearby. And you and you always are talking mm-hmm. about Bootman. I know that you like that's a I'm really deep Newcastle about thing about you, Bootman and I just say, I'm going to go bit- see if the Bootman are playing anywhere this weekend. <laughs> Where are the boot how are Bootman struggling in lockdown? Cam was trying to get a, re- a reboot of Bootman coming up. 
He was trying to do yeah, it. Yeah, Rebootman. Rebootman. Maybe it could be like a Kingsman, like a you know the Kingsman are making Kingsman. You could yeah. have a se- like a prequel called Bootman, the Bootman. And it's like about like the 1930s when you know they discovered they could put the steel mill. metal on the bottom of shoes. Yeah, yeah. It was the first re- steel worker in 1930s Newcastle to figure out how to tap dance. Oh yeah, we'll get everyone back. We'll get the whole gang. <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen... Uh, actually, I have seen the Hairspray remake a long time ago. I can't really remember it. What are we in for? Was this a... Is this one of those musicals that they just decided to make a musical? Or was it a play first? Did they do it as a stage show? It was a... Yes, it was a Broadway show first. That And I've got to say, it's okay. it's really great. Like, I think... Mm. Um, I, I couldn't... I did that thing where you see a movie a long time ago, like when I was... And I really loved it. And then you were like, I, I read some reviews that came out at the time just to make sure, like, did people like it? The Guardian fucking hated it. Um, oh. But, like, mm. all the kind of bigger press places said, like, no, like, Roger Ebert really liked it. I think he gave it, like, four or three and a half or something. Wow. Um, the, uh, it's, it's, like, really fun. And the music is, I, what I would say is that, like, it, it honours the original text, if that makes sense. Like, mm. there's cameos with Mink Stoll. There's John oh. Waters is in it um, for like a split second. Uh, there's a, Yeah, there's a whole bunch of... Dra- like, Ricky Lake is in it. The mu- And it's really funny. Like, for a, for a big budget musical, it's really crude. Like, there's a lot of rats in it. There's a lot of, like, bad jokes. About, like, there's a, there's a joke in it where one of the girls is leaving the, the, um, the dance show and they say, like, um, how long are you leaving for? And she says, oh, I don't know, about nine months. Like, it's just, like, they, there's a lot of, like, teen pregnancy jokes and that kind of stuff, which is, like, I'm, I'm butchering it by talking about it this way. But, yeah, I think, I think personally, I think it's a really great, it, like, honours the, the, the John Waters tone. Oh, that's good. That makes me excited to the watch The cast it. is fucking insane. It's a great yeah. cast, looking at it now. Like, Travolta, obviously, Pfeiffer, Christopher Walken, Queen Latifah, James Marsden, Zac Efron. God, it's cr- Alison Janney. Fucking hell, it's amazing. Uh, Nikki Blonsky? Nikki, Nikki oh, Blonsky's Nikki, in it. <laughs> Nikki Blonsky. From the movie Hairspray. They got Nikki, Blons- they got Nikki now, Blonsky from Hairspray in there. I'm sure you'll talk about this next week, but listeners, do yourself a favour. Look up Nikki Blonsky on Twitter and just have mm-hmm. a scroll through her Twitter account. Do you know what I'm talking about, Lexi? Yes. Have you ever seen... Nikki Blonsky from the movie Hairspray. She is a cringe icon on Twitter, on Insta. It's fascinating. Like, what do you mean? What is it? It is do? something very special. She Let me just have a look. randomly tweets people. I don't know if she still does it, but there was a long time there where she just tweeted random celebrities and yeah. was like copied and pasted. Like it's exactly the same thing. She copied and pasted like, "Hey, Chris." Pratt, it's me, Nikki Blonsky from the movie Hairspray. Like, and would oh, just no. yes. And Reese, I actually would declare they didn't feel like it was copy and pasted, even though it was the same words written every time. I do, in my heart, believe they were typed out every single time. I feel like we've not talked about the movie at all, but I don't care. I feel like we've talked about every, but the the. It's such. I really, I really enjoyed the 1988 hairspray, and if you if you want to watch it, you should go and watch it. I really enjoyed it too. I think that we've given people a beautiful preview of it. They can now watch it without it being spoiled whatsoever. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, we haven't said anything about it. I just realised that, and it's nearly an hour in. (laughs) Look, it's a really good, cute, fun movie, and I really enjoyed it. And it has one of the best named characters ever, Mister Pinky. Who is yeah. the owner of a, a plus size store, clothing store for women called Hefty Hideaway? And in the remake, Jerry Jerry Stiller plays Mr. Pinky. Yes, oh. we got Jerry's to talk Stiller back. again. Yes, this has become the Jerry Stiller podcast. And this is what I mean <laughs> that they they really honor the, the the original like movie and the musical is that like he plays it. They've like, you know, it's it's the rule that a, a man always plays the mother. Like there's always mm-hmm. it's always like a, a drag character and um the yeah Mr Pinky Jerry Stiller does the most bizarre performance uh, like it is wow. bonkers <laughs> absolutely wow. bonkers. You like watch it the... today? Yeah, do it. It's really fun. There's Christopher also Walken. like a 
a filmed version of the musical from on stage, which I know that the the stage it's production like a bootleg on one. Broadway. It had yeah. uh, one of our big heroes, I would say, Harvey Firestein as yep. Edna Turner. Oh yes. And I what? just, I think that he, I think maybe he wrote the songs the or something. He was it. involved. He wrote, he yeah. wrote the like the book, like the the lines, and then the yeah. guy who wrote um, uh, the score and the lyrics is what's his name? Charm? No. Oh, why can't I think of his name? I'm really failing. Charmander day right now. Charmander, yeah. Um, just like Shanky. he was, and it's annoying because he, um, he, <laughs> um, yeah. What's his name? Because he does a lot of big, um, uh, like scores and stuff for movies, but a very particular style, like the First Wives Club, and like, um, oh fuck, Mark Shaman, Mark Shaman, yeah, who's done like yes. heaps and heaps and heaps of stuff, um. But yeah, and it's just like, it's dirty, but not dirty. And yeah, Zac Efron. Whew. There's not, like, especially when you're six. We've talked about him on this as well. He's good looking. He's a good looking young buck and good luck to him. I wish him well. When he, when, especially when you're 16, when you're, when you're 16 and like just a bunch of hot guys in mid-century clothing, it was mm. Ex- mm. almost exactly my search terms when I was 16. I <laughs> just, if there was a way to type into porn. Good looking in, fellow in, in mid-century clothing. Yeah. <laughs> Just mid-century bulge. That's kind of my. That's kind of my sweet spot. Well, let me have a look at him in this. Zac Efron hairspray. His outfit in this movie is not too dissimilar, and his hair not too dissimilar to the way you style yourself now. Yeah, I want to fuck myself. I think we are looking at the birth of like a a certain a certain awakening for Reese Nicholson here. <laughs> and you've since, since seeing we... Zac Efron in this, you've tried to become him. Yeah. And I'm going to move to Byron Bay with a, with a waitress. Wow. I would love that. Oh, that's the dream, isn't it? I'd love yeah. that for you. I just looked up Mark Shaman. Yeah. And Mark Shaman, one of his credits is on his Wikipedia page. Shaman co-wrote Billy Crystal's Farewell to Jay Leno, which featured Carol Burnett and Oprah Winfrey. I can't think of anything I would hate to watch more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real bet. He like he got you know when people just get weird like Bruce Valanche is one of them is like where they they just get these <laughs> what sorry no one else has mentioned Bruce Valanche on this podcast apart from us. Um, <laughs> no honestly, one else has ever said no one else has ever said that name Bruce Valanche except for either one of us. We're both very honestly, excited we right just... now. We just, we just, uh, there's a warmth radiating from me to hear someone else say the words Bruce Valanche out loud. <laughs> I think we talked about Bruce Valanche on an episode and everyone in our Facebook group was like, who the fuck is Bruce Valanche? Like, hey. how do people not know? I thought he was a household name. <laughs> well, he's another, how much is Bruce Valanche another similar to um, John Waters just talking in, in random documentaries about things with his weird wig-like hair that is not a wig, I don't yeah. think. You know, John, uh, Bruce Valanche is such a talking head. I've never seen below his nipples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he may as well not exist below the nipples. He's just a fucking mid shot. He's a walk and talk and mid shot. He's a mid shot. Oh my that god! Sounds like something someone says in like old old Hollywood to be like. Well, you're such a talking head. I've never seen below your nipples. Like it's yeah. such a weird old timey insult. You'll never get a full body shot. See. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like the, I, and I think Mark Shaman is the same type of guy as Bruce Valanche that just got, just became known as, oh, if you're doing a, a talk show appearance to say goodbye to someone, we'll write, mm. he'll write the bit for you. Cause he did, if you look on his Wikipedia page, he did Carson, Leno, both <laughs> Lenos, um, and Nathan Lane's Letterman goodbye. It's like, what a weird call to like, there'd be a way to know, We've like, to get him. Mark Shaman would know before most people a talk show is ending somehow. How the fuck like, there's this they, weird. How does that happen? <laughs> what a niche. Yeah. Give me a shot. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to say I've goodbye. I've never a song like, before, but I'll do it. Write a goodbye for, like, fucking The Project or <laughs> Studio 10 or something like that. I'd love to do that. Oh, yeah, the Carrie Ann Kennelly goodbye. Yeah, yeah. The iconic oh, Carrie That'd goodbye. be great. We oh slowly my God. lost oh. respect for you. <laughs> God. 
I you tell do. you what, this has been such a fun episode. So good hanging out with you, Reese. I'm going to be oh, spending okay. the rest of my day watching the Bruce Valange documentary, Death <laughs> Bruce. And you know what? I didn't spend the last three minutes looking it up. I fucking knew it in my brain. It's been in my like lockdown playlist, ready to go. But Reese, thanks well, so much for hanging out with us on Total Reboot. Uh, oh, always a pleasure. We have so much fun hanging out with my funny friends as always. <laughs> Oh no, he's, he's gone again. He's so gone much again. Joy. <laughs> um, no, thanks for having me on. I'm a big fan of the show. But like you said before, you've got a new podcast. Oh yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, I'm doing a podcast called Simply Marvelous. It is. It is. <laughs> um, it's literally all it is. Is it doesn't even like you know you guys have a theme you look at reboots and, and, and remakes no we're just watching all the Marvel movies in a row and then That's getting drunk and talking about them afterwards you know a, a kind of um a kind of recap podcast uh, twenty years in the making uh, <laughs> we've done yeah we've done a few and it's been fu- it's fun it's dumb it's just like it's literally it's like fun easy they're short episodes as well and they're just um, my friend uh, Kyron Wheatley. Um, <laughs> you guys are very close. He's, he's my, yeah, he's my housemate of a long time. Um, and we and, you know, and we do anal, but um, and uh, and my friend uh, Georgia Mooney, who's uh, you might know, she's a musician. She's in yeah. all our exes live in Texas. Um, and yeah, we just we just talk, we drink wine and talk about the movies. We have like a system, like it's almost like a rating system now, where we've noticed in all Marvel movies, there's like these the weird tropes of like uh there's always a little man and a big machine uh, <clears throat> oh <and> yeah <laughs> like we have a list of things that we now go through every day i'll tell you what not one single one of the um movies has i was about to say the bechamel test um but it has not passed <laughs> they all pass the bechamel test but none yeah. of them pass <laughs> oh so the much Bechdel lasagna tests. talks yeah, yeah. There's, it doesn't. It not a single one of them has even come close to passing. But no. So yeah, come and come and listen to Simply Marvelous. Bit of fun. What about the D- Zoe Deschanel test? Do any of them pass oh. that? <laughs> they all do. Judge, they never. They judgingly. never. They never bring up what's that sitcom she's fucking in there. The oh, new, the girl. new girl. New girl. New girl. The new girl. I bet that Which that I- name got hurtful and hurtful as the years went on. Are you still are you still doing the new girl? <laughs> there has to be an episode of New Girl where Bruce Valange plays himself. Where they get to some sort of event and Bruce Valange is the MC or a judge or something at a drag show or something. That's my. I that's can my tell career. you, as someone who has watched it all, he does not appear in New Girl, no, but Prince does appear as himself. I reckon I'm going to end up like Bruce Valanche, but like less respected, like just this old yeah. gay guy. On bad video, like VH1 documentaries, it's just like, well, you know, in my day, Dave Hughes was the biggest thing, but and then like, you, can, you can you can smell the white wine on me through the television. <laughs> Talking about Dave Hughes, that's so good. <laughs> Reminiscing on Dave Hughes. Oh. oh god. Well, that's great, man. I'm excited god. to watch that VH1 show. I reckon you'd be a great talking head. <laughs> And you can check that out on VH1 in about six years. So stick around with Foxtel. Stick with Foxtel. Don't give up on them. Yeah. Don't give up on Foxtel. Uh, it's hosted by archival footage of Charles Bud Tingwell. So you know that it can be awesome. <laughs> 20 to 1 episodes of 20 to 1. Uh, that's awesome. Uh Guys, thank you so much for hanging out today. Uh, next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about Hairspray Remake featuring Jonathan Travolta in that iconic dress that we cannot mm. wait to talk about. Mm. Um, and also, if you want to hear more from Cameron and I, you can head over to patreon.com slash totalreboot and sign up for just five bucks a month where we give you a whole extra bonus podcast where we pay total respect to actors that we adore. Currently, we're talking about some bonus movies of John Travolta. And the next, we have just talked about The Fanatic, which is an insane movie. That episode is crazy. (laughs) That movie, I don't know if I recommend it, but it's just... (laughs) I don't know what to say. I'm thinking about the fanatic again and I'm losing my mind. Actually, Bruce Valanche would have crushed that role. Yeah. 
It's directed by Fred Durst from Limp Bizkit, Reese. It's really, truly one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, What are we talking about? Haircut one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Also, you could say that about any era of John Travolta's life, and that would be. That would be an yeah. appropriate thing to say. Weird <laughs> that haircut. weird haircut one. Just, yeah. Um, also, we've got a new season of Finding Drago coming out soon. If you oh. start re-listening to Finding Drago, you have enough time to go week by week for until the new series comes out at the end of October. You know, and I listened to the, the whole first series... season in one day. Really? Oh, my words. The whole thing in one day. And then you texted us afterwards and said you hated it. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? What a disappointing ending. <laughs> you wrote very specific feedback that you sent both of us yeah. individually that was different like, for both of us. I complained about the audio quality. <laughs> I, um, I said you said we have no chemistry. Both, you have no chemistry. You talk badly. Um, just generally, badly. You can't talk yeah. well. You said, give it up, dickheads. Give it up. Yeah. You told me to I move think back I to might have. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I might have urged you to end your own lives. I think. Yeah, for memory, you did And say I gave that. you very specific instructions of how to... How to do, do it, it. Where to do it. Um, kind of like... No, I'm, you just sent yeah. me the, a message KYS, so it wasn't that specific, but I did <laughs> extrapolate what the information was. <laughs> And then KYS, <laughs> lol. <laughs> well, that's a good way to go. I'd like to go out on a laugh like that. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Reese. We adore you. We think you're a star. And we can't oh, wait I... for you to finally hey. get out of lockdown in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> and be able to do stand up again. Oh my god, I'm, I'm not good at it anymore. Thank you, boys. I love. I I listen to this podcast, so it's always a thrill to be on. Well, that's nice. Thank you. Next time we'll talk about <laughs> a movie properly instead of just riffing for an hour. <laughs> I'm gonna press stop now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna fade out. Um, um, great. All right, and now we'll do Flawless. a count up. And so I'll say one, Reese, you say two, Cameron, you say three, and we'll just keep going up. Forever. Until and where? that's the podcast. That's the whole <laughs> yeah. podcast. That's the podcast. People seem to like it. We changed the name to 1000, and people really like it. <laughs> people said right. it right, helps them start. fall asleep. <laughs> We're moving into the ASMR space. Um, (laughs) You start, Alexi One Two Three Four Five Six Seven Just kidding, let's just start the podcast (laughs) (laughs) 